0: You're listening to The Preppy Podcast, and I'm your host, Patricia May Olson. I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch and listen to past episodes at thepreppypodcast.com, and be sure to follow at thepreppypodcast and me, Patricia underscore May underscore Olson, on Instagram. Hi everyone, welcome to the Preppy Podcast. Today I am thrilled to have you here because I am talking with Stephanie of the Lily Line, which they are beautiful, durable, um, very versatile handbags made by artisans in El Salvador. I have some and they're really sturdy. They hold up a lot. Um, They're bendable so you can pack them. Um, You can use them for a market tote. They even have clutches, which are really cute uh but my favorite part of them is how colorful they are they are in just about every color under the rainbow they also come in stripes too which is super fun uh but you're also supporting uh, the the life of an artisan in el salvador so stephanie talks us through that all about her business um how it came about and the the give back sort of portion behind it as well so i hope you enjoy this episode all right, so why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live, and what you do?
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie Lilly. I live in Washington, D.C., and I founded the Lily Line, where we um, design and have hand-woven in El Salvador a beautiful array of bags for, for everyday use. We believe that you should love what you carry, and we carry so many things, and we want that kind of caring, everyday caring, to be a a joyful thing.
0: Definitely, and your bags are certainly joyful. They're so colorful and happy and bright, Um, and I think I originally got introduced to you um, from Lucy of Lucy Grimes um, at America Smart like a year or two ago.
1: That's so true. It was our first um, market ever, July of 2022 and Lucy Dean of Lucy Grimes. She is our mentor. I'm about her mother's age and, but she, we were introduced to her by a mutual friend and she has just leaned in and given us so much great advice and guided us. And she was the one who said, yes, you're ready to go to market And she, she's been just a wonderful, wonderful friend and advisor. I love
0: that. And anyone listening to this, um, I interviewed Lucy probably a year, two ago, maybe a year and a half ago. So they can go back and listen to her episode after this as well.
1: Yes. She's an inspiration.
0: Definitely. So let's start from the beginning. I'd love to learn about you, Stephanie, as a kid. Were you someone that was creative or entrepreneurial or maybe inspired by uh, someone growing up in any of those aspects?
1: So I would say this was not my focus, creating anything in fashion, having my own business. I was actually a lawyer beforehand, and then I did work in in. Um, charter schools in Washington, DC. And so I, as a kid, I would say the thing that maybe led me to this was uh, maybe just being, having ADD, which nobody knew what that was at the time. Mm -hmm. But you, when you do have it, I've learned since as an adult that you are willing to take risks. And Mm -hmm. so, and you're willing to just dive into things. And I think when I got this opportunity when this idea just came to mind instead of thinking it through and saying, well, is this the right time? Is it possible? Could I actually pull that off? I just said, let's do it. And I think that would be the character trait from my childhood that brought me to be able to do this. And also I had a great supportive family and loving parents that, you know, helped you, have the confidence to do things like this.
0: Oh, for sure. I think confidence is a huge part um, in entrepreneurship, whether it's fake or real, but having confidence to be like, you know what, I'm going to put myself out there and do this um, is something that, you know, entrepreneurs have to have. So tell me then about, so you grew up, um, you know, you were willing to take risk, it sounds like, and have confidence in yourself. So you, your first career was in law, is that correct? So where and what did you study in college and then like leading up to, to law school?
1: So I was an economics major at Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut. And then I moved to Washington, D.C. to work in politics, like for a campaign mm-hmm. in the late 80s. And from there, I went to law school at Georgetown And I worked, I went to school at night and I worked during the day, at the Securities and Exchange Commission for the chairman, Richard Breeden. He was great to give me that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Then, um, then I practiced law in a small firm here in Washington. I did corporate law for telecom clients. Then I, um, I stayed home. And I raised my kids. I have three great kids that are grown now. <clears throat> and um, during that time, I did volunteer work. I got involved in the schools and I got involved in my kids' schools. And then I saw some schools, the charter schools that were offering my ki- other kids great, great kids that didn't, um, that were in neighborhoods that didn't have good schools. Mm it was offering them great education and I kind of threw myself into that because I felt that all kids should have a great education, not kids who live in the right neighborhood. And so I, um, I did that. I really committed myself. There are a lot of smart people in that realm here in Washington, DC, but Mm -hmm. I did what I could to help them. And then this came along, this just kind of quirky opportunity. And I, and I just jumped in.
0: I love that journey. Um, I feel like having that background in law probably helps you a lot with business, with contracts and negotiations and things like right. that. So that's a great base for you um, for any business, whether it's entrepreneurship or um, you know, handbags like you have or really across the board. So now tell me about then how you came up with the Lily Line. Like What, what was that aha moment? Tell me about that journey.
1: So, I have a friend from El Salvador, and she is a U.S. citizen. So she fly she can go back and forth between the countries. So it isn't easy for everyone um, to do from if you are from El Salvador and El Salvadoran. And so she had retired and was traveling back and forth quite a bit and would come and visit me and she brought me these bags they're the traditional bag from El Salvador and Guatemala mm-hmm. and everybody has this bag they use them in the fields they use them to go to the market these are poor countries and so their bag and the things that they use have to be used for everything <clears throat> you can't just have a bag for this and a bag for that mm-hmm. you have to have something that's useful they have smaller homes They have to have multi uses for everything that they have. So this is a bag that's sold in the markets and she brought me a couple of them and I use them for marketing. I went to the grocery store and every time I was in the line checking out, the person checking me out and the person standing behind me loved the bag. I mean, they would have, I got a big, big reaction from the person checking me out because it's a flat bottom and the handles are woven through and there's no pressure point in the handle. So you can put a lot in it and the handle isn't gonna break in the parking lot and have your groceries spill everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the flat bottom makes it easy to stuff. They stand upright. So you're not shaking, shaking, trying to keep the trying to keep the bag straight to fill it. And so the people checking me out, they love the bag. The people behind me, it was I put it on the conveyor. It was bright and colorful. It made you smile. And they said, wow, you've kind of elevated this drudgery of going to the grocery store. It (laughs) makes you smile to see this bag that you're filling up and carrying to and from your car. And so that happened over and over again. And I thought of the people that were suffering in in those in El Salvador, who were trying to make it here to get a better job, to make money for their families. And I said, I'm not going to solve all the problems, but I could just make a small dent and help some people be able to have a a nice, a living wage Mm -hmm. that they could stay in their country and provide for their families and stay with their families. So I said to my friend Guadalupe, Guadalupe buy go to the market buy all the bags buy them all oh my gosh and just mail them up to me and I'm going to sell them no I had no business plan I just said Guadalupe buy all the bags mail them to me and I'll find a way to sell them yes so that is I mean there was no with pencil and paper sitting down coming up with a business plan seeing what you know the cost you know benefit analysis of this or any kind of economic you know analysis mm-hmm. of of creating this business i've just it, said let's go
0: it sounds like it was fueled by passion and obviously you saw a bit of an opportunity like people were complimenting and asking about these bags right. so you saw that opportunity
1: and um, i wanted to help i wanted to help the people in el salvador
0: yes yeah with that passion
1: for sure right So they arrived, they arrived and I didn't have a plan. So I put them in the back of my car and there was a neighborhood, um, farmer's market. I saw a sign for it and I said, wow, Wednesdays, let's just go over there. I threw the bags in my car with the tablecloth. I threw the tablecloth on the ground and I put the bags on. I didn't even have change to give people. I had no plan. And Uh I just started selling bags.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so did you sell out or like how, how many bags did you have at that first order?
1: I think I had 24 bags. Okay. And, and yeah, so then it was, they seemed to be a hit. They seemed to be a hit. And the people at the farmer's market were so lovely. They welcomed me with open arms. I piece, you know. Week by week, I figured out more and more what I was supposed to do, have a price sheet, have change in my wallet, things like that, create a separate bank account. All of these very, very small things that are part of a business, I was learning incrementally.
0: And that's so interesting. I feel like I haven't had anyone on here who their first um, you know, market, for lack of a better word, was going to a farmer's market and kind of leaning into that super hyper local community. So I think that's really unique Um, and so smart. I mean, I think it's smart to lean into that local community because they're going to give you the feedback before you go out. So many people start and go to market um, like America's Mart to sell wholesale and then have to come back to the drawing board because, you know, maybe price isn't right. Maybe, you know, what they're selling so specific that there's not a huge Um, appeal for it. So I think it's smart kind of starting small and then growing as you're you're getting more customers and more
1: demand. And like you just touched upon, I learned what people liked because color, we really are selling the color. I mean, the color and the style is what attracts you to the bag. Mm -hmm. And so I would watch the customer respond to the color. And I could see what, and it's an emotional response. You respond, when you see color, you respond emotionally to it. It makes you happy. It's blah. But when it makes you happy, you are attracted to it. You, you know, you want it, you know, it'll make you happy every day that you see it. So I watched people respond to the color and I learned from that what people would like Mm -hmm. and how to, and then we started designing them. Okay. And then instead of buying them the market, we found a weaver and we started designing the bags. And then we created a design team here and we got more and more sophisticated.
0: Wow. So tell me a little bit more about that journey then. So you're manufacturing them yourself. And then I assume you're having a website then at this
1: point. No, not at the farmer's market. It was just strictly going out there.
0: Okay. But once you get your manufacturer then, is that
1: when you... No. No? no it, was co- it was COVID. Oh. That COVID that turned everything around. Mm. Because, well, in addition, you're right. I mean, who could sustain this? Yeah. Standing in the farmer's markets every week. And if you go to buy your salmon, your lettuce, your tomatoes, your berries, whatever at a farmer's market. But you can only buy so many bags. Mm-hmm. and so. And if it's raining or snowing, you, you're you not buying a bag. You're yep. getting your food and you're going home. So I would be standing there with hand warmers under an umbrella, standing next to these bags, not selling anything. And I said, this is, no, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is ridiculous. This isn't sustainable. And then COVID hit, which kind of forced the issue where I, nobody was going to buy a bag during that time. They were just going to go quickly get their things and go, Back home. Yep. So that's when I brought in this brilliant um, person who does graphic design and branding, Lely Tonger. And I said, can we create a website together and come up with the business plan so we're going to sell to stores rather than sell direct to consumer? Mm. And so these, then I um, what I do know how to do in life is recognize talent around me, and I'm willing to call people that are way smarter than I am and ask them advice. So I am friends with two people that in the industry, and Mashburn and Lauren Dupont, and I called them both and asked them if they would just spend thirty minutes on the phone with me and tell me how to structure a business. They gave me incredible advice that I continue to follow to this day. Just about having a business, how to run it, how to ap- approach what the our approach should be mm-hmm. in this, and then um, we created the website and started cold calling stores. Wow. Well, you know this very well that when you go to market, everyone buys. Stores buy from market. And they don't go out of their buying cycle to buy some from some random person mm-hmm. that just calls them. But because of COVID, no one was going to market. So when we cold called, it was this unique opportunity that they were willing to buy out of their cycle of market. Mm-hmm. And so it worked to your we, benefit then for it sure. It worked to our benefit. Yes. Yep.
0: Okay, so then you're starting to acquire some store accounts. You have your website, and then shortly after there, you decide to go to America's Mart and show, right?
1: Correct. Correct. Last July, July okay. 2022, at Lucy's urging, she met with us and she said, "You're ready to go. You yeah. should go." I love and that not thinking things through. It. Yeah, not thinking th- things through. We now we've now we have a team. It's Laylee, Colette Bruce, Maggie Sheedy. These are friends of mine that are very um talented women, smart women. And it was getting bigger than I could do by myself. And so we then were a team and we all we just leapt into it.
0: I just love that journey. So tell everyone listening a little bit about the Lily line as it is today for those who aren't familiar. Like you have multiple styles. I know you have clutches even these days. Um how many colorways maybe? Tell them about your brand today.
1: So now we're in we're in stores across the country and we do have direct to consumer sales on our website. We have, we, our bags are by this are by size. Like you said, we have a large, medium, small, extra small and the clutch, which is a huge hit, um, because it's just so fun and, and it doesn't, it's, nobody has something like that. You're not trying to, you're not imitating Mm -hmm. a big brand designer, you know, by wearing it, you're not buying a knockoff or anything like that. It's, 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 it's unique. Mm-hmm. In that it's just bright and colorful and useful and not something everybody else has. So um, the large is really, it's a very large bag and it's used for huge Costco runs, carrying towels or laundry. It's great for laundry mm-hmm. because it's a plastic bag. The the plastic is, is similar to the weed whacker wire. So it's very, very strong. It's not going to break. But the flat bottom for laundry, and if it your clothes aren't completely dry when they're clean, or they're sweaty when they're dirty, it's the the bag isn't going to mildew, mm. and so um, and you can fold your clothes flat when you're finished doing your laundry and put them inside. So that's a great bag for that. The medium is just keep it in the back of your car. It kind of goes to and from with you everywhere you collect things during the day when you're doing errands and whatnot if you live in a big city like my daughter just moved to manhattan and she and her roommates all have a bag they go to the grocery store with it they do their errands on saturday they collect things here and there at target or wherever they're going um all throughout the day and it's just big enough to collect things throughout the day or go to the grocery whatever. There are so many uses. And when people buy them, I love it when they come back and say, well, you told me that I should go to the grocery store with it, but really it's the best gardening bag Mm. or pet toy bag, or I use it because we were renovating our house and I kept it in the back of my car, moving things here and there, bringing wallpaper samples or whatever. I mean, so it's fun to hear there's so many different uses. Um, and to hear new uses from people who love them, and then so, the small, yeah, go ahead oh, go ahead.
0: I was gonna ask you, like is that your favorite part then about having this business now? Is it like that interaction with the customer? would you
1: say? I love that part. Yeah, I love that part. I love it when we're at market and we're selling to a store, and we put together a color story. Mm. We have the bags hanging on a wall on on three walls. And we put them down on the floor and we create these beautiful color stories with the different styles and sizes of bags. And I'm always inspired when they pull these bags together that I never would have thought would look good together. And they look fabulous. I love that kind of interaction. That's my favorite part. Yeah.
0: What about like the hardest then? Like what, I feel like a lot of people that I interview on this podcast, it's like the accounting, the number stuff, that's always the part that drains them. But I'm curious what yours is because you know you have a more corporate background then.
1: Well, the hardest part is um, is not because it's, no, the hardest part is production mm. because these bags are each hand-woven. And so we and they're being hand woven by people who are not accustomed to this kind of business they are the people that weave them live up in the mountains of el salvador they're they don't live in they live on in houses that don't have electricity or running water off of dirt roads they don't even they have dirt floors in their homes and to, to to teach them how to just work within a business model where we can have predictability and reliability, has been the biggest challenge. And growing the people that will are willing to work in that kind of parameter. So, um, but it's a joy to be with them and to get to know them. And we love our weavers so much. But the challenge is to to kind of cross those cultural. Um, gaps to get it so it works for everybody.
0: Okay, that that makes sense when you when you say that. I didn't think of that to begin with, but I am I'm sure that it's hard to to manage that, and especially being so far from them as well. Um, how often do you get down there to visit the
1: manufacturing facility? So it's not a manufacturing facility. They work out of their homes. Oh, okay. We yes, we when we started. Um, Having them design, when we started designing them and having weavers um weave them on, you know, when we ask, like we send them purchase orders, um it was, it was a slow growth mm-hmm. to find people willing to follow these directions. I mean, they're very, I mean, they're really large cultural gaps when I say, when we would give A purchase order. We start very small, like we give a purchase order of ten bags. Well, they're used to just making a bag when they need money and going Mm -hmm. out on the streets and selling them off of their arms or to a roadside vendor. Okay. And so we're saying no. We want you to make ten to a certain specification, and then we pay you. Mm -hmm. I mean, ten isn't a lot. They can make them in a couple days. Okay. And so they they didn't understand that they said well no just pay me when when i need some money um, like they didn't they don't want to work consistently mm-hmm. they're like well then i'll do a couple this week and maybe next month i'll do a couple more for you and you i mean obviously we can't have a business run that yeah. way so it took some it's taken time to and we really stick with it to develop weavers where they're willing to work consistently mm-hmm. fin- fulfill the purchase order now when we when we work closely with them and they're trained they'll do a hundred bags at a time now mm. but we have to grow them from 10 to 20 to 30 until and also they have to have enough money to be able to go to the next purchase order. So that also takes some time to grow them. But we also believe that they're not our employees. They have their own businesses where they're weaving and we buy from them because we think that gives them, they're not, they don't have, we're not their boss, but we're, we're a buyer for their business and they grow their own businesses. And I think that's a matter of pride for them in dignity.
0: Certainly. I, I love that. You know, you've thought about that and um, that's part of how you approach business with them, which is so smart. Now what's been a pinch me moment for you, something you're really proud of, or it was
1: really cool that happened in, in terms of business. Okay. So there are a couple things. One on that production side, back to the story is um, we had one of our main weavers. She was living in a really dangerous Area mm-hmm. rural area with a lot of of the gang members that were living around her, and um, and so one day she WhatsApped me and said, "Nina Stephanie, dear Stephanie, um, I would I'm gonna take a couple days off from weaving because I'm moving. I've bought my first house." She's in her forties. I bought my first house. It's in a, it's in a lovely family neighborhood. And so, and then the next time I went to El Salvador, she said, would you please come and see my house? Oh, so our team, um, we, we were all traveling together and we went to see her house. She was bursting with pride and this is dirt floors, no electricity, no plumbing, but she has a Lovely piece of land, and she had raked the dirt from the gate to her house with like, in, like with pride, showing us what she had. And we were, I mean, I was crying. We were hugging. It was, it was so incredible. And then I, we thought, oh my gosh, like look at this. We're so excited for this woman who still doesn't have electricity and plumbing. And we thought about as a team, what we sh- what should we do? Should we offer to pay for that? And we said, no, this is her journey. Like she mm-hmm. is so proud of what she has accomplished like by creating this business that, you know, that she's supplying us with her bags. And so the next time we went down there, she had electricity. Aww. So that was a really moving, really moving moment.
0: Yeah. And to watch her, you know, grow from that and to not only have so much pride in this home, but then also I'm sure feel safe and comfortable in it compared to her old home.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I said on the other end of it, when we went to market and, um, the second time we went to market in in January, um, Oprah Winfrey's um, editors came Mm -hmm. to our booth and discovered us and chose one of our, chose our clutches to be on the Oprah list, the O list.
0: So that was a moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, That was amazing.
0: That's everyone's top goal. Like having my PR firm, everyone always wants to be on Oprah's list. So that is so wonderful that they spotted you out and recognized, you know, the, the talent in the business and, um, how great your bags are. Yes. So I'm curious who would be your dream customer? Like if you could pick anyone, uh, to buy a Lily line bag, who would it be?
1: Just one person or a set of people
0: like one person, like your dream customer. So a lot of times like people will be like Reese Witherspoon or Kate Middleton, um, or a
1: big influencer. Okay. Any of those people, Reese Witherspoon, Kate Middleton, <laughs> all of the above, any made great, incredible influencer that they are going to, everyone is going to want to have a lily line bag because they saw this particular person wearing the bag. I'd be thrilled. Um, yeah. We want to get the word out. At this point, we're small enough that we are still trying to have more people know about the lily line cuz we feel and our customers now they love it. They love their bag. When they get one they they say my god, this bag. I use it every day. Mm-hmm. I never stop using it. Um in fact, one store that came to see us at market um they the owner of the store got a lily line as a birthday present. Aww. And she wore well She got it. And just like many of our customers, they all of a sudden use it every day. They didn't know they needed a lily line and then they got one and it was in their daily routine immediately. So she schlepped her things to and from her her store um, every every day, her lunch, her shoes, her computer, whatever. And it was sitting on the floor near the you know, in the middle of the store. And a customer said, Oh, how much is that? I'd love one. And she said, Oh, I don't sell these. You can go online and buy it. And then she said, wait a second, why don't I sell these facts? So that, um, that to me is the perfect person to have a bag. Someone that loves it so much that wants, you know, that recognizes that everyone should have it and they want to sell it to, or mm-hmm. spread the word.
0: Yep. Now what, in terms of business advice, is there uh, a place you look for that or a resource uh, that you could share with people? Or I know you said you have a couple mentors. So is that kind of where you get some business advice as you'd say, you know, find a great mentor?
1: Find a great mentor. Find somebody. I, are you saying what, what is my advice to others? No, like the, a, a or resource
0: just- or advi- like if someone's looking for advice or looking to start um, a business, where would you suggest? Like I have people say, you know, join a, a group like the Southern Sea, or some recommend a great book that they've loved. Uh, you know, what- well,
1: the people in my life, the people I would say reach out to the people in your life that are just give sound advice. I don't have a particular person because. Um, I mean, no, I have particular people, but not a group like Lucy Dean, amazing. Laura Kaplan. She loves, she is great at giving advice. She's such a good listener. Um, Ann Mashburn was wonderful. Lauren DuPont. Um, these are women that are friends of mine that were willing to take time. I, um, one of our partners is, um, her husband, worked at McKenzie and had a data analysis company. He leans in and he helps us with um, crunching our numbers. Like around me, I know a lot of really smart people. Mm-hmm. And I think it is look around you. There's so many people in your life that have are talented. And when you call them, you think, oh, I don't want to call them. They don't have enough time, right? They're too busy. Mm-hmm. People are really really generous with their time and when you ask for advice people generally are happy to give it so Mm -hmm. everybody in their in their network have they have everybody has people that are willing that are experts in something and I'm always willing to tap into people around me and ask them for their their advice
0: Yep. That's great advice. I definitely think, you know, reaching out to others who might be better or smarter at some things is always helpful. So yes, since this is the preppy podcast, I always ask everyone, what does preppy mean to you? So how would you describe preppy?
1: Well, preppy to me is just how I grew up. We always had Papa Gallo Mm. and we, we wanted fair isle sweaters and, um, and the Bermuda bag with different, you know, you. I had a Kelly green corduroy Bermuda cover bag cover with blue monogram, all of those things. I think of preppy from the eighties. Preppy is so much different now, but that's nostalgic for me. I mm-hmm. love that kind of preppy. I, um, and so when I think of preppy, I think of that, of course, my style is still preppy, maybe a little more modern preppy. But I love the nostalgic 80s preppy. And I hear that the preppy handbook is coming back strong.
0: Yeah, it definitely is, um, for sure. Now, which is your favorite piece that you have on your website? Like, what's your favorite bag? And maybe, you know, I'm sure it changes. But right now, which would you
1: say? Well, we have a great new collection. And what's really speaking to me is the, our, our bags with fog blue. It's this beautiful blue with a gray undertone. And we have it in solid and we have it in a sailor stripe with um, a champagne stripe in it. We have it with a couple of different colors in the stripe. And we're really playing with it a lot because we worked hard to get this beautiful blue from our plastic manufacturer. We were deal directly with them and they had it, they, they had it for a while and then we couldn't get them to, they couldn't get the dye, the tone right again. So we bought a vat of dye. They bought a vat of dye for us. And we now have a lot of this blue and we are so one of our partners here, Colette Bruce, she is passionate about this color. She pushed us to pursue getting this color instead of just moving on to another color. She said, no, no, buy the vat, buy the vat of dye. And we did. And it is so stunning. It's gorgeous. And, um, I think all of our, all of our bags with this fog blue right now, which is about four bags, like yeah. a solid, and then a couple stripes. They're so gorgeous. I love them. And they're just, I mean, seasonless, timeless, preppy. I mean, it's they're all of the above.
0: Oh, I have to check out this fog blue. It sounds gorgeous. Yes. It is. Um, Now, I also am curious, like, I just have some fun get-to-know-you questions next. So what's your go-to drink
1: order? Oh, tequila. Tequila with soda. But a friend of mine taught me how to make it. I mean, taught me how to order it in a restaurant. You get it deconstructed. So you get a shot of tequila, a club soda, and some lines. And you put it together at the table yourself because you just may want to sip that tequila, add a little soda and tons of lime. Just making it yourself at the table actually makes it delicious.
0: Oh, that's good advice. I never thought to do that. And you could do that with all sorts of different concoctions. All sorts. Yeah. I love that. What about your favorite vacation destination?
1: Well, I love to travel. My husband and I are new empty nesters, but we've been fortunate enough to travel extensively in Asia because of his work. So we go just about every year to another fabulous trip in Asia. And we're leaving actually tomorrow. We're leaving to go to Tokyo and um, in this beautiful art island in oh. Japan, and we're doing that on our own before we go to our meeting in Seoul, where um, we'll do five days with this wonderful company that does a board retreat and that we're part of, and, they'll, and we'll see Seoul in the best way. So actually, tomorrow, we're going to Asia, and I'm really excited about that.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so jealous. I love Japan. It's so nice. Now, what about some other brands that you love? Um, to support. So like three brands that go great with the Lily line.
1: Well, I love Lucy's mm-hmm. placemats yep. and um, and her vase wraps, Lucy Grimes. I love this cashmere company called Noble Fiber. Oh. Fiber is F-I-B-R-E. Um, the, the woman who created it, it's also a social impact business. You can... <clears throat> tie your scarf, I mean the beautiful colors of it look great when you're carrying a lily line. She goes to Tibet and she works with the farmers there to get the cashmere and she designs them in the United States and in Europe, and they're beautiful, noble fiber, and they're in a lot of stores and she sells online
0: huh, and I've never it doesn't
1: heard of them. yeah she's wonderful and then um and a third one, I absolutely love, oh. Kara Kara, a mm. dress designer that my daughter just started working for in New York. Oh, that's have you? Do you know yeah, them?
0: I do know them. I have some other pieces.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're fabulous. And then one more. I love these candles that are um, sticks. They're actually molded from twigs uh-huh. and they're called sticks. Yep. And they're made in Highlands, North Carolina.
0: Those are very cool. I have some of those as well. And I especially love them going into fall and the holidays.
1: I use the, I use the pastel colors in the summer too, oh. pink and light blue. I feel like yeah. I haven't seen those colors
0: of them. I'll have to check them oh, out.
1: They're gorgeous. They're gorgeous.
0: <laughs> All right. So my final question is, where can people find you? Let everyone know like your website, social media handles, and anything like that so that they can go and shop and follow along.
1: Oh, thank you. So we have a a website, thelilyline.com, and Lily is L-I-L-L-E-Y. Our Instagram is thelilyline, same with Facebook. And um, we have stores across the country. They're listed on our website. And um, that's about it. That was the answer. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's great. Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. This was so fun learning more about you oh, and your business.
1: But I'd love to give your listeners a discount.
0: Wonderful. Um, yeah. What's the yes, discount code? Yes, yes.
1: So the discount code is Preppy Podcast.
0: Preppy Podcast. Preppy
1: Podcast. If you put that in the discount, you'll get thirty percent off.
0: Oh, that's amazing! Thank you so much.
1: Yes. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I love what you do. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.